watching all movies with Rebecca and Jason. Are you gonna love them or hate them? Here comes the binge. Hey everybody, welcome to the Binge Movie Podcast, in which a couple of homos review the latest movie theater releases. I'm Jason Leroy. And I'm Rebecca Olarte, and today we have three movies. Arrival, Loving, and The Love Witch. And as always, we're going to rate these on a three-tiered scale, with Binge It being our highest rating. Consuming moderation means it's okay, but it's kind of meh. And send it back means... Life is too short for that mess. But that sounds very trivial now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, to be like, oh, well, these, you know, a movie being shitty is the worst offense uh, that the world could know. Yeah. Not the case. Uh, I mean, I mean, some of those, 13 hours. That's true. That Still. Was, that was very guilty. Um, guys, as promised, uh, Rebecca and I are now man and wife mm-hmm. um, to, uh, you know, just hang with the vibe of of what's happened and, and what we can look ahead to. If anybody asks you. Yeah. Uh, so uh, with the uh, with the Leroy Lartes are, are here <laughs> are here in business. And, uh, and ready to procreate, if that's what needs if to happen. that's what needs to happen. There's any sort of government regulation about that to ensure that it is an authentic union. Yeah. Uh, and man, are we thrilled. Yes, yes. Uh, so we'll send you guys a registry link once we uh, have got it set up over at That Cracker. is the part I'm actually very excited about. Over at Cracker Barrel, though. So. <laughs> Which will be the only remaining business in America. Yeah. <sighs> so, uh, guys, first... Uh, show back since the election. Man, remember how different we were a week ago? Simpler times. It was, we had all the, we were so cavalier about uh, our jokes. Yeah. And I feel like my voice has gotten deeper with sorrow. And, and yeah. yet it's still so faggy. <laughs> so I still need that, that wife yeah. uh, on my arm to. And to that's pass. where I'll be. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so in lieu of our usual what's up with you, we're just going to talk for a bit mm-hmm, <laughs> about mm-hmm. how we're doing. How are you doing? Oh, uh, y- you know, I feel like I keep talking about how it's like the stages of grief and, mm-hmm. you know, we're kind of like all moving through them and kind of hopping around between them. And, uh, you know, there is, everyone talks about this kind of haze, this fog you kind of feel like you're under and it's like a nightmare you can't wake up from and, and, uh, and it's it's tough it's really tough um i was just reading uh this article that i might post um that was written by this dude who was like we need to stop um we need to stop infantilizing and defying like rural america oh right yeah Yeah, the guy who was like from the midwest he's from ohio and Mm -hmm. he's like we can't it's a cop out to blame this on the coastal elites um because you know we can't let this narrative of like the, the real America prevail, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you know, and he was like, and and you know, a lot of these, he's like from this, you know, he's like, I know, having come from the Midwest, a lot of people that I grew up with like n- never leave and never travel and never see anything outside their own experiences, mm-hmm. and that is objectively bad, and we can't, you know, sort of, and I think that we tend to feel a sense of guilt. Of like, oh well, we don't want to insult them. We don't want to be patronizing to them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, I don't know. So it got it got you know to it got pretty close to something that I was you know one of the things I was feeling about this. But you know, I mean, my family's in Pennsylvania, and they did not vote the way that I would have wanted. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I've been having conversations with them about that. 
and uh you know and i had a good conversation with my brother just last night where i had to try to explain to him the concept of privilege uh Mm. which Mm. was new to him um because that's where we're from yeah um you know uh he was talking about like well you know it was a i wanted to challenge the system and washington's broken and we need to send a message um that we don't want more politicians doing business as usual and i was like okay but do you get though that you sit in a very comfortable position to make that kind of call right Mm -hmm. uh and he was like what are you talking about and you know i was like have you ever had any kind of legal attempt to limit your rights have you ever um faced anything less than complete full equality under the law Uh, i'm like you are a you know white heterosexual cisgender able-bodied male and you have literally everything and nothing at all to lose um, in this. You have no skin in the game. And he was very offended by that. And he was like, well, how dare you say I have no skin in the game? I am, you know, I'm a person like anyone else. I'm a citizen. I have a family that I care about and want to protect. And I was like, but but seriously, though, have you ever been targeted? And, you know, legally? And he's like, no. And I'm like, right. And I'm like, think about that for a minute. And, you know, and I was like, I know what it's like. I'm like, I am still extremely privileged. I'm still a white man. I just happen to be queer. But, like, I know what it's like to be given a right and then have that right be taken away in 2008 mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. we had the right to marry in California and then that was taken away in the election. Um, so I'm like, I, that's, and, and it started to dawn on him and he was like, you know, I, I hadn't thought of it like that. Um, and it was genuinely a shock to him. And, you know, I've been talking to friends who are like, oh, they know what they did. They know what they did. And I'm just like, I don't think they do. Like, they really yeah. genuinely, like, no one has, like, an inborn, like, no, white people don't have an inborn sense of their own privilege. Which like, is a privilege. Right. Um, when you live in the white bubble, you're not aware you're in the white bubble. I think that um, sort of what you were saying about people not leaving their environments, mm-hmm. I I sort of thought the internet would fix that, yeah. but it actually kind of did the opposite and yeah. reinforced It allows those. you to create a space that's entirely just what you're comfortable with. Yeah. And I think that if a lot of people sort of maybe similar to your brother would have been more open about talking about their support of Trump before election day. Mm-hmm. Um, it would have been easier to have these conversations before. Mm-hmm. Um, but so many people weren't. And so many people, I think even have family members uh, or friends that they still don't know how they voted. And mm-hmm. like, because they, ha- they don't seem outraged, you can kind of make assumptions, mm-hmm. but they're still not, you know, kind of, you know from the rooftops you know happy about trump winning mm-hmm. um and so that's also a weird space to try to like educate people or like what like there was no opportunity to do something ahead of time because you didn't know that's where it was going you could kind of mm-hmm. assume the best and i know i know uh and and the sad thing is that you know my brother had told me a month ago that he was going to be voting for hillary because he was like i hate her but you know we have to keep this madman out of the white house mm-hmm. and then i texted him the next morning and he was like i changed my mind i voted for him wow i couldn't vote for her and he's like, I would have voted for Bernie, but, you know, I'm like, oh, go fuck yourself. <sighs> so, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Um, I feel like it's like a constant swirling vortex of emotion. It is. And it, is. it hasn't stopped. And it just feels like time is suspended. Mm-hmm. And none of us are being productive at work. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. It's impossible. Um, most people that I work with have been wearing all black for the last few yeah. years. I, yeah, I did that yesterday. Um, it It feels like... I'm I personally I'm like going back and forth between like maybe it won't be that bad to oh my god it's going to be so very bad yeah um yeah. the not knowing um 
is hard mm-hmm. and sort of knowing that like once the systems get into place things could change so quickly that like right now is kind of like a really awesome like awesome grace period like i'm like what are the things i want to do um that i might not be able to do right we have a two-month year. head start yeah right? fortunately um, we both already got gay married so that's done that's done um just kind of have to figure out what else there is um Maybe I'll just go get an abortion. While right, I can. just for funsies. Just for funsies. Yeah, and, and which is not not to trivialize, um, whatever you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's fine. Um, but yeah, it's, and I, I can't. I don't feel I'm not in that place that people are at who are like, I'm ready to kick some ass. Let's yeah. organize. Let's do this. Let's. I'm like, no. Nope. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, awesome. that's your way that's of fantastic. doing things. If that's people, where you're at. Some people need to do that. Some yeah. people need to be angry. Some mm-hmm. people need to be quiet. Yeah. I feel like I need to be like around my friends yeah. um, and like, m- you know, talking about our real concerns. I, I, work is going to work has been helpful because most a lot of people are in my like circle mm-hmm. at work um, have the same thoughts. So it's been like a right. very comforting, very yeah. like open discussion. Um, yeah. The Our company larger, um, the larger picture, you know, I belong to a lot of groups of work that are like, you know, gay people in my work and like mm-hmm. Hispanic people in my work. And like they've all been having discussions, which is both comforting to know that like this is upsetting a lot of people but also like like these people are really smart and they're very concerned about uh the same things i'm concerned about like that terrifies me that these people who've been mm-hmm. at this great company i like i looked them up to see what right. they do they're like fucking geniuses and they're mm-hmm. like is my marriage gonna be taken away and i'm like oh my god like mm-hmm. that's actually a concern i'm not just being paranoid yeah and and you know and on the one hand we would say like oh yeah we're so you know this is because we live in this bubble but with this article i was talking about saying is that like no Fuck that. The Midwest is the bubble. Yeah. That's the bubble. Yeah, that's Be- true. That's because, true. Because, you know, the so-called coastal elites are plugged into the international community. Mm-hmm. You know, we're plugged, mm-hmm. you know, like we, like to, like who's more in a bubble? You know, people who just stay in one place their whole life and never have new experiences, in which to make a broad generalization, um, but I'm comfortable doing that right now. And hold on to ideals that are antiquated. Right, exactly. Um, and uh, and just, you know, sit there resenting the changing world and, you know, looking for ways to dig their heels in and stop it. Mm-hmm. Or people who, you know, are part of that change. And, you know, I just... just <sighs> yeah, so fuck that. They're the bubble. And I, 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 I keep opening my mouth thinking I'm going to say something that, like, makes sense of it, and I can't. I just keep rambling, which is what we've essentially done for yeah. the last few minutes is ramble yeah. and 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 apologies to our listeners um, for uh, for the rambling. I try um, so hard to be so logical all the time, and mm-hmm. the the uh, the number of emotions and the number of issues and the complexity of them has made has like turned my mind into like one of those broken robots where it's just like it's trying to do a process, but it's mm-hmm. like completely busted, and there are like springs hanging out, and there's smoke. Because right. I just, like, I can't put it all into, like, a, a process. Yeah. Well, I mean, the bottom fell out, you know. Yeah. Um, from beneath all of us. And now we're just, like, we feel like we're kind of free-falling and we don't know where we're going to land. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a hard place to be. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, now we're in this point where in the first few days afterward where, you know, these ballots are flying around. Or not ballots, but, you know, um, um, uh, petitions are flying around and it's like which so what of you know is there anything that we can do so right. I think that that's the bargaining <laughs> that's the yeah. bargaining part of the stages of grief yeah, I see friends from the bargaining like it's okay if we just sign this change.org petition I think we can stop it it's like I you know don't what? know if we can just because it brought back Arrested Development doesn't mean it's gonna bring back Barack Obama <laughs> I'm starting a Kickstarter for this guys can you donate <laughs> to my Kickstarter to not let Donald Trump become the president <laughs> um 
and got and like every day another thing will occur to me like today the idea that his picture will be hanging in like government buildings in all around the country oh right there goes the dmv yeah <laughs> the one so much for looking at a very smiling face yeah uh, i'm like because trump doesn't even smile like what face no. will he make like will he just do the usual stupid like you know like that sort of like that ridiculous where his kind eyes of look like, like mouths? yeah where his eyes look like like dry mouths and yeah. his like downturn corners of his mouth and just kind of like that kind of like bulldog face uh will it be that and then just thinking like picturing his like his oil portrait hanging in the White House with all the other portraits Ugh. of the presidents it's so and just like seeing that like from on, from here on out every list of American presidents will have him on it. It is, yeah. it is, it is, these are the things that are hitting me today, two, yeah. day, two days after the fact. The thing that's hitting me today is that, um, because somebody had asked a question about work, that somebody he's like listed before or had, had like floated as like the chair of the FCC is someone who's like completely anti-open internet and oh, yeah. uh, Against net, neutrality. net neutrality. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, and I was like, oh, I forgot that was also something that like, I mean, literally every good thing will turn bad, I think is, is the takeaway from all this. Yeah. Um, so I can't wait for this to be a state-sponsored podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we only review thirteen hours positively every week. Uh, well, you know, maybe uh, maybe it'll be like no more free podcasts. Podcasts have to be paid for, <laughs> uh, and then and they will make some money out of this. That's the silver lining I'm going to cling to for right now. Um, movies. So movies. It's movies. I mean, so what do you what do you do you do you find solace in movies? Do you, you find your safe zone in movies? You, well, I remember you were in Paris, and then it yeah. was scary, and you went to the movies. Right. Well, I mean, the funny thing is that, you know, so everyone keeps saying, like, well, there's going to be some really great art made these next four years. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, which is nice. Um, but, like, every time someone says that, I just think, well, I mean, Crash won Best Picture during the Bush years. So just friendly reminder <laughs> that it's not always the case. Um, but, uh you know, uh, I, I think that and, and, and it's making me nostalgic for the aughts, you know, for the Bush years, sure. um, because, you know, like that was when we got to be sort of like there was a sense of, of togetherness. And, you know, I think that Democrats and liberals and progressives are almost more comfortable being the the underdog, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, because like, you know, we enjoy being, uh, you know, feeling that righteous indignation that comes yeah. with being, you know not in charge but you know with your sense of your moral superiority their side might feel that way too i don't know but they tend to be more type a dominant Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. so um movies i i I did start watching like just old marx brothers movies over the last Mm. week finding watching old movies has been comforting yeah um and uh and and yeah uh it's and everything takes on kind of different meanings when you're going through trauma which is what this is right um, you know, like things tend to hit more hard or yeah. unexpected places. Um, how about you? Um, that's tough. I would say overall, yes. Um, what the the first movie we we look at today um, mm. is something that I was really looking forward to saying, but I, you know, I was supposed to see a, the day of the the day after the election, mm-hmm. and I just couldn't. Like I I knew that it was. Uh, you thought it was really impactful. Mm-hmm. And then I watched the the trailer again, and I I it was there's it was too kind of close, um as far as like feeling like the world is going to end, and um so there there are definitely like maybe trigger movies that I would maybe try to avoid for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, my way of coping is usually like through research or like reading things. Um, right. so I've just picked up an old copy of A Distant Mirror, the movie about the Black Plague, which like people often read in times of of trouble. Like there was another. Uh, 
uh, paper written about it. Someone had written like right after World War One. So it's like comforting to go back to a time when like things were terrible and just sort of seeing like, well, we got through that. Well, some of us, got, some <laughs> of some people got through that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. That's and like trying trying to figure out. I'm going to read everything about like who are these people that we didn't see coming. What are their motivations? Like when are we going to whittle down? Like is it racism? Is it misogyny? Is it internalized misogyny? White women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. First, they ruin mm-hmm. literally every concert ever. Now this. Then Starbucks. Man, Starbucks. Um, and now this, yeah. So I want I want to know more about that. I, like, I want to learn more about like, the sociological makeup of our co- country. Yeah. Just I, to know. Yeah, I mean the numbers are all there to look at. Yeah. And they're quite upsetting. They are. Um, but uh, one last thing was I uh, I uh, went to I went to get a haircut today, and my my hairdresser wasn't. Looks great though. By Thank the way. you. Mm-hmm. I was I, I showed him a picture of you, and I was like, "Give me this." <laughs> um, We're going to be one of those couples. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Scott won't let us wear the same outfit, so I'm going to now that I have a wife, I'm going to institute that right away. Um, but my hairdresser was an African-American woman and we were talking about these things as like you, every conversation any of us have with anyone these, these last few days is it's about It's been a lot this. of looking at people who are yeah. in our same circles of like being totally fucked right now and like mm-hmm. just looking at each other with the like, yeah. Oh, um, and, uh, and so I was talking about like, you know, we were talking about the election and I was talking about my family and about my brother and, you know, and just like you know, that I was just like so disappointed and, and shocked that he'd done what he'd done. And she was like, she's like, well, I'll say this. She's like, as a black woman in this country, that is every day of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, so I wouldn't say, she's like, the only people I hear are saying they're surprised are white people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, ask any person of color and they will not be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, that's a very good perspective. That's um, true. You know, she's like, it's, it's not it's not a surprise that that you guys would do this and yeah. I, and i was willing to take that <laughs> I, was like, I was like i was like i'm like i'm like i know i know you know i vote for hillary right <laughs> just, so, just, just so we're clear one of my first like responses i was dealing with excel i want to do was like write angry things on the internet and i was yeah. like i have a tendency people call me my like um you know a pop culture um, doppelganger is um, Brian from Family Guy. <laughs> I've never heard you compared to really? Brian. Never. Uh, it's a thing. Yeah. Talk to some of our friends. It's a thing. That is, I'm trying to even see it. Oh, you don't see <laughs> no. it. Wow. Everyone else really sees it. And maybe our dynamic isn't quite that same way, but, um, the, you know, I'd had so many conversations over the, over the past year about like, you know, this is going to happen, right? Like you mm-hmm. guys, like maybe it's because of who I am and maybe it's because I've like worked in, in internet comments for so long that I'm like, I know this is out there. Like, I'm so surprised you guys aren't I'm like, where's our, what's our backup plan? What's our emergency plan? And like, everyone was like, you're crazy. And so I've been trying to not mm-hmm. be a Brian about this, <laughs> but, um, it's been hard and I think I just got to be one. So you're trying not to be like, Chris, this is a terrible idea. <laughs> exactly. Mm. Um, does that make me the Stewie? That actually, I mean, I feel Am like I the Meg. <laughs> I'm not gonna answer that. You, you, you answer it. <laughs> You're like, uh, you, you tell me. <laughs> um, all right. Well, shall we? Let's start off high. The first movie is Arrival, which is our pick of the week. Pick of the week. Pick of the week. A linguist is recruited by the military to assist in translating alien communications. More objects have landed around the world. This is one of 12. 
I'm never gonna be able to speak their words. You got two days. Figure something out. I am human. It's their language. We need to make sure that they understand the difference between a weapon and a tool. Language is messy, and sometimes one can be both. So Amy Adams plays um, a linguist uh, at the top of her field. A cunning linguist, if you will. (laughs) And I know that you will. You, uh, yeah, gonna have to. (laughs) Um, She's a woman. Yay. At the top of her field. Yeah. Way to go, movie. Aspirational. Um, have you ever wanted to be the top of your field that gets plucked in? This is like the, I don't know, the only analogy I know is like, it's the bottom of the ninth at the World Series, and you could like be the one to hit a home run. Like, do you ever, you ever <laughs> want to be someone that like gets plucked by the government in the middle of a giant crisis because of your I know world-renowned expertise? Like, that would be so flattering. Like, I like... All I have to do is get like a message on LinkedIn and I'm just like, oh my God, <laughs> I'm somebody. They want me. They, they want my skills. You know, so I can only imagine what it would be like to have like this huge thing happen. And then the, the government, government comes like, you're like, the one. I'm going to need you to write a blurb about this movie before 10 a.m. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. Yes, Madam President. Exactly. If only the government was the ones having me do that. But. Uh, yeah, she is. She's a top of her field, and uh, and, uh, and and a, a, a great, uh, complex character. Good. So it's not just that it, the movie handles her well. Uh, yes, I mean she's there. There's a lot to it. Um, this is one of those movies where there's an enormous twist uh, in the final act that changes your entire outlook on what you've just watched. Oh. <clears throat> and uh, so uh, in. Yeah, so there, there's a lot of stuff that I can't talk about in this review, um, but I will say that yeah, it's it's very, very, very emotionally rich. Um, she, Amy Adams, is superb in this film. So when I saw this in Toronto, um, <laughs> I saw it back to back with Nocturnal Animals, which she also is the lead of. Mm. Um, and wow, could they not be any more different as characters? Um, in you know, in this film, you know, she's she's this you know academic. Um, uh, you know, with this, yeah, she's just, she's, she's this, this dedicated, you know, you know, dedicated academic who is throwing herself into this entirely new situation to try to, and, you know, just really applies her work ethic to figure out how to communicate with aliens and nocturnal animals. She's just like this, she's like this vapid, like Beverly Hills socialite. Mm, uh, interesting. so it's really different characters. Um, but I would like to see this, this is the stronger performance the in, 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 in arrival. <laughs> And uh, and I I would like to see her get into the best actress nomination field for this, but oh, great. Oh. I mean, and I'll just say now, this is one of the best movies of the year. Oh wow! Arrival is one of the best movies of the year, and uh, and it deserves to be in the best picture field. Uh, she deserves to be nominated for best actress. It deserves director consideration for Denis Villeneuve. It deserves for sure cinematography consideration and original score consideration. Um, this is a real fucking stunner of a movie. Um, and I, and it was, it's one of the only movies that I've watched twice or that I've watched one more time since Toronto that I actually liked it even more. And I already loved it the first time. The second time I was almost in tears by the end of it. It's so powerful and like almost in like genuine, like, you know, like I, me who never cries, I had like an actual, like full on, like lump in my throat watching it and, you know, in the final stretch. 
Um, so it's and then like <laughs> like walked outside the theater and the publicist who had been sent to like monitor the screening was standing there trying to take Isaac comments but she was just sobbing. Really? <laughs> like she couldn't even she was just like she was like what did you think? Ooh. Uh-huh. Uh, so uh, so yeah is this a, is this the right time to see this movie? Did I make the right choice? And no I mean because it's not like it's good tears. It's not, okay. it doesn't like okay. dis- it doesn't like destroy you. Okay. Um, it's okay. like it's like good cathartic tears. Okay. Um, Interesting. So okay. yeah, and it's so it's 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 unexpected interesting yeah um so it sounds like there's a lot we can't say um but this is a movie that's like you know it's about aliens you see aliens um there you see like their alien structures but it's not about aliens no it never is Mm, sometimes it is (laughs) sometimes a cigar is just a cigar (laughs) uh but uh, but yeah. So in the the journey of discovery that you go on in this movie, um, that's one thing that I lost the second time watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, is you know because you know I knew how it was all going to unfold and what I was going to see and what she was going to see and all that. But the first time watching it, I like my jaw was just hanging open watching them. Like the the effects are so tasteful and and carefully done, and um, and you just you actually have that sense of like you're there and this is happening. And, you know, and you're watching her as she's, like, riding right up to this pod that's just suspended there, like, over a field in the sky, and going up into it and having this, like, initial meeting with, like, these aliens who have arrived at Earth for purposes that humans don't yet know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it completely um, transports you to that experience. It makes you feel like it's really happening. And, uh, and just step by step, the pacing is perfect, very deliberate, um, and just... It's it's shocking. Does it focus a lot on like uh, like the geopolitical scheme uh, mm-hmm. of the world in response to? Absolutely. Uh, there there are twelve of these pods, and they uh, they land in different locations around the globe. Um, that the, there appears to be no rhyme or reason to where they landed, and uh, so yeah. So there's like this definitely takes you inside this sort of like constant. There's like a a screen with a you know different screen for every world leader from the places where mm-hmm. you know the pods are, and they're all in constant communication trying to because they're like, what is this? What is happening? What did, why are they here is basically the question. Like, why are they here? They've landed and now they're just kind of chilling. <laughs> they're not, they're, they're not, they're not hurting anybody. Mm-hmm. They're not coming down from the pods. They're just there. The pods are just waiting. And, um, so everyone's just like, okay, well, like, what is this for? And the reason they bring in Amy Adams is because they're like, you know, we need you to basically learn their language and learn how to communicate with them so that you can ask them, why are they here? Mm-hmm. In this movie, uh, it's sort of almost like going back to school for like uh, sort of like grammar <laughs> because <laughs> uh, because you know these these military guys are very you know like impatient and they're like well you need to just ask them why they're here and she's like okay well and she's like oh, then she just like diagrams a sentence on a board <laughs> there's literally you like sitting there in movie theater watching Amy Adams diagramming a sentence on a board um, I mean I, I I enjoy that about about from what I saw from the trailer like that or that this is about a linguist and it's not like a military perspective it's not no. like the a movie about a sharpshooter or about yeah. like a demolitions expert right. it's like uh, would you call it cerebral for sure um this is definitely it's cerebral sci-fi it, it's it's cerebral it's interesting because it's cerebral but hyper emotional at the same time mm. which is unusual because i feel like a lot of you know a lot of heady cerebral sci-fi tends to appeal more intellectually mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which this one does but it also has a huge heart and um and it's all about communication which is a big thing right now and it's about you know learning to communicate across cultural divides mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and uh so and it does 
my like my one criticism is that it gets maybe a little in the weeds with her learning like heptopod language basics. <laughs> heptopod being what they decide to start calling the aliens. Um, but I mean, get hip to heptopods. But it needs to hepcat heptopods. <laughs> just laying down truths for the humans, and um, and you know, but, but it it kind of it's good. It makes you feel that sense of like enormity of what she is tasked with to actually take this language that is in this this form of writing that had literally has zero like you know she's like this could be this could have literally no she really breaks down in the movie like all the things that we take as granted about language and, oh, and how we as humans use language um so it's 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 smart it's very very smart the way they deal with that uh, so uh so yeah so it definitely makes you go through it with her as mm-hmm. she's trying to figure out how to learn their language and how to like communicate back and forth with them to the point that she can actually try to ask this one simple question mm-hmm. um any other standout performances here no um <laughs> so jeremy renner is in this which is unfortunate yeah. um because he just kind of has that odious personality and we all know he's like a raging douchebag in her life right. so um so that's not great um forrest whitaker is there he's neither here nor there mm-hmm. um he's just there um so uh no this is this is her show um mm-hmm. they're both fine but it's it's her show all the way this is all about amy adams and she is she is just infallible in her versatility as an actor yeah i can't wait to she see can she animals. can do literally anything and she does it beautifully and uh, i hope to see her get nominated for this for sure uh so you're giving this one a binge it i assume binge it guys go see arrival i think it honestly could be a really cathartic movie for people to see who are trying to make sense of what's happened in the uh, in the country. It opens this weekend and it's rated PG-13 for brief, strong language. Um, speaking of what I assume is another powerful movie, um, we're going to take a look at Loving. Richard and Mildred Loving, an interracial couple, are sentenced to prison in Virginia in 1958 for getting married. You realize this case could alter the Constitution of the United States. You think you'll lose? We may lose a small battle, but win the big war. Is there anything you'd like me to say to the Supreme Court justices of the United States? Yeah. Tell the judge I love my wife. Um, okay, so maybe this movie will be hard to watch this week. I was just thinking about this movie, you know, today preparing for this, uh, and it it suddenly seems because one of my issues this with this movie, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of this movie. I I, okay. I did not think that it was uh, great, um, and part of the reason why I did not think it was great was because it just seems so um, kind of I don't want to say irrelevant, but kind of irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it didn't really it didn't really have much to say. Um, and, uh, and, and I just didn't really think that it felt like particularly zeitgeisty, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, insofar, I mean, like, you know, in the sense that it's about racial issues, yes, but, but it just didn't seem to really resonate. It was um, very stuck in that original case feel. Y- yeah. Uh, it, it, it was, it just didn't seem to have any special pop. Um, but now, um, it probably will have a bit more resonance, um, mm-hmm. because, of what's happened and um especially after seeing 13th which did you watch that yet Mm -mm. 
Oh, Rebecca. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, Ava DuVernay draws a direct line um, between white people protesting against integration and the behavior of people at Trump rallies. Oh. And there's a chilling, chilling sequence where they show these uh, this like archival footage of of like white crowds just attacking like a black man walking down the street with audio from Trump rallies of Trump oh, encouraging wow. his supporters like, you know, punch him in the face, kick him, kick his ass, get him the hell out of here. Whew. Um, so, uh, so insofar as, you know, it seems like there is a direct, you know, there, we, we're seeing this correlation between, um, what Trump represents and Jim Crow era South. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie is suddenly, uh, more relevant right. uh, than it had been when I saw it a few months ago. Uh, so, which is not, not great. I would prefer that it would have just stayed irrelevant. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. but here we are. Um, with that said. Uh, I feel like loving is going to be sort of the carol of this mm, season mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, because it is um, a, a mid-century drama about forbidden romance. Mm-hmm. And it is extremely dramatically understated to a fault. Mm. Um, although this makes Carol look like fucking Transformers. Um <laughs> In terms of how much of what actually happens and the overall energy. I can't wait to see Kate McKinnon's uh, <laughs> version of loving. Uh, it's uh, so, you know, it's Jeff Nichols, who we've had here on the show, who mm-hmm. we got to interview for Midnight Special, which also came out this year. Jeff Nichols directed this film, wrote this film. This is the first movie. And we talked about this in my in my conversation with him, where this was the first movie he had worked on that was not just a fictional story that sprung from his own imagination. Mm-hmm. You know, here he is he is writing a, a, an adaptation of real people and real incidents mm-hmm. and putting his sort of trademark touch on it. For Midnight Special, we really praised his uh, approach. You know, we talked with him about like the Jeff Nichols style, mm-hmm. um, that his movies tend to be very slow burn and very, like, they just gradually reveal themselves to the audience. There's not a lot of clunky, rushed exposition. It really trusts you to connect the dots in your head when you're watching it. Um, and, um, and, and overall just tends to be a little light on dramatics and maybe kind of saves them up and then it Mm -hmm. like tends to hit some kind of crescendo. Um, that style is also at work here, except here's the problem. Uh, there's nothing to be revealed at the end of it. So his last few films have been about these, you know, these mysteries where you're just Mm -hmm. like, what's going on and what, what is this all leading to? That's not the case here. No, everything's pretty well documented. Yes. Um, so the one thing that he does have going for him for sure that makes him a good you know, director for this material is he has a tremendous sense of place about the South. Mm. Um, you know, his films have taken place there mm-hmm. and he is from Arkansas and uh, and he he is he's a great sort of poet director of the South. Mm-hmm. And that is very much uh, in, in, in display in, in Loving. Uh, there's it, it absolutely has that sense of place. It feels very vivid, very authentic, and um, and he has that kind of he's very non intrusive directorially, and so a lot of scenes just play out um, without any particular narrative drive, just like just scenes of people just sitting and mm-hmm. talking or or you know um, having family gather or you know going and walking down the road uh just you know not not super active not super actiony right um but just 
the performances are all very, very lived in. Um, and it just feels very, you're like, you just kind of like, it feels very verite. It feels very natural. It feels very real. Um, so that's probably the best thing I could say about it. Yeah, does that help bring you into the story? Well, I mean, kind of, but like, there's not even, he is so allergic to dramatics Mm -hmm. that very little really happens on screen. Like, if you're expecting a movie that, like, you're going to see, like, bricks through the windows or, like, crosses burn on their lawn or even an on-camera fucking verdict from the Supreme Court, you're not going to get any of that in this movie. Interesting. Um, It is incredibly understated and minimalistic. And, um, you know, there's not a whole lot of dialogue. Um, And there's not, there's, you know, there's, there's the, you know, we have in the, if you watch the trailer, you'll see... You know, the scene of them being, you know, broken in their, you know, police come in the middle of the night to arrest them. Um, and that's about as much action as you get in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it has a very southern kind of pace. Yeah. And um, the performances, the lead performances are from Joel Edgerton and Ruth Nega. Mm-hmm. And um, and both very just kind of relaxed, casual <laughs> kinds of performances. Interesting. Very unshowy, very unhurried. Um, there is some some interesting slash troubling casting in the form of Nick Kroll. What? Nick Kroll. Like from the Kroll show? That, the very same, um, plays uh, one of their lawyers uh, who's arguing this case before the Supreme Court for them. That sounds like it would just be like a drunk history episode. It does sound like a drunk history episode. <laughs> and it doesn't help that he kind of plays, he definitely is playing the character as a capital C character. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, when I saw it, his just when he showed up on screen, everyone just started laughing right away. Um, and then when it became clear that he was kind of doing acting choices with the character and was kind of maybe going for some laughs, um, it only uh, further uh, was served to distract, really. What uh, a strange thing to drop in with this, what is it, the way a movie you're describing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it has it Michael was, Shannon in it, though, right? Michael Shannon is also in it, who is, of course, Jeff Nichols' you know, longtime collaborator. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a... Michael Shannon shows up for, like, one scene. Uh. Um, he plays um, a life photographer, life magazine photographer, who goes to the Loving's home to photograph them for the magazine and takes some, some of what's become the most enduring, iconic pictures of them just mm-hmm. in their home. Uh, Does so... this movie... Um... Wow, I've lost my mind today. I can't. <laughs> Does this movie take you through, uh, like, the judicial process? Not especially. It shows, you know, it shows them needing to go and get a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, you see them kind of consulting with the lawyers. And uh, and then you see, like, you know, Nick Kroll kind of, like, going to the Supreme Court to argue their case. Um, but then they don't show that. Um, okay. So, and then you just like see Mildred Loving um, just get like a phone call and you only hear her side of it. And she's like, you know, hello. Oh, wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> and then, <laughs> sorry, spoiler alert. Uh, that's, that's the big crescendo of the movie. Um, so uh, it's, it's, it's just, uh, you know, and I guess maybe he was thinking, well, the story is strong enough on its own right. and should have enough emotional resonance. Um, you know, just the mere fact of these two people who fell in love, um, and uh, and that their love was strong enough to endure all these challenges to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's just it's 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 just dramatically uh, kind of DOA. Hmm. Uh, never really it doesn't it doesn't really take off. Uh, so I you know I can appreciate the artistry of 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 
you know, Jeff Nichols direction, but, uh, you know, it's not a favorite. Uh, I'm not pulling for this in any kind of Oscar consideration. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think people are trying to push Joel Edgerton for lead and Ruth Nega for lead. Um, but I don't think either performance is especially remarkable. Uh, in, in truth be told, I felt like Joel Edgerton was playing his character as almost borderline disabled, which was very distracting. Oh. Um, it was like it, it shades of sling blade. Oh, um, and he's, you know, an Australian actor. That's the, once, once again, we have this thing of, you know, have bringing in Australian and British actors to play these, like these Rube kind of yeah, characters, yeah. uh, which, you know, which, which normally works out very well. And, you know, and Ruth Nega in particular is certainly like, it's not a very showy character, but she plays it gorgeously. Mm-hmm. Um, it's some of the finest all eyes acting you'll ever see because she has <laughs> enormous eyes. And they do most of the communicating for her character because she doesn't really talk a whole heck of a lot. She just kind of like responds to things with like the eyes taking up the whole top half of her face. <laughs> Which Amy Adams will then translate for you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> She's upset, can't you see? She's scared. How do you ask them a question? <laughs> um, what are you giving this one? Consume moderation. Okay. Yep. Um, it's uh, I just don't feel like Jeff Nichols' style necessarily found the best material here to be applied to. Gotcha. Um, it is also out this weekend and rated PG-13 for thematic elements. And that brings us to the last movie of the week, and most definitely the weirdest, The Love Witch. A modern-day witch uses spells and magic to get men to fall in love with her in a tribute to 1960s pulp novels and technicolor melodramas. What do men want? Just a pretty woman to love and to take care of them. Love me. Love me. What I'm really interested in is love. You might say I'm addicted to love. So how did you come across this movie? Uh, I think it was just, I just got an email from the local publicist being like, here's a movie that's coming. And, uh, and, and <laughs> I, that great build up. <laughs> yes. And I, so I looked at it and I was like trying to make sense of what I was looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I looked it up a little bit more and saw reviews that had been written of it and they were extremely positive. And then I read the description and I was like, oh, well, this sounds amazing. It was right up your alley. Yes. A cult. Uh, you know, they were like, oh, it's like an homage to, you know, these campy movies and sexploitation and occult movies and, and even like today, after watching it, I was like looking up different reviews of it, and MTV News just ran a review of it today with like the most—I don't even want to call it a clickbaity headline, but like the headline was like, "The Love Witch is the feminist witchcraft masterpiece we need now." <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh my god!" Ten times out of ten, would that make me watch the movie alone? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't think the movie is necessarily deserving of that um, right. that level of uh, of drive toward it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I wish it was that movie. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I was just like, I was very intrigued and I feel like, uh, you know, and like other was like, oh, this is gonna be an instant cult classic and this and that. And I was like, I was like, I am ready to watch this movie. Um, but, but wow, it really, uh, it really commits to its own mind. Yeah, it sure does. Um, I feel like this movie wins the award for like, you did the really best with what you had. <laughs> I've, it's uh, yeah. It it really looks um, remarkably like it was made in the seventies. Yes, um, which they, I did look up. Yeah, um, they shot on thirty five millimeter. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which is, I think it was like the only film this year. Is that right? Um, that can't be right. Or the only film maybe in whatever film festival was in that. This okay, year got that it. Was shot on thirty five millimeter. Yeah, so you know it has the it has the look 
And more than that, it has the feel. Yeah. Um, it Because it feels very wooden. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's made to, you know, it's edited to suggest a bad movie. And the performances mm-hmm. have like mm-hmm. a self-conscious kind of wooden, heightened, wooden. They're both heightened and wooden. Yeah, it's very like performative. Um, yeah. And uh, so, and, you know, it has lots of those kinds of, you know, cheesy uh, choices in terms of, you know, the score and the photography mm-hmm. um, to, you know, uh, to suggest, again, you know, what this is meant to be an homage to. Even though the movies that it's an homage to are, this is like a very, very small yeah. canon of yeah. movies that this is sending up. So it's not like the average film goer is going to be like, oh, that's classic, you know, vampires of whatever. Um, right. You know, that's, that's, it, this is, it, it goes in and, you know, it's a very... It's a very straight-faced, poker-faced homage. This is not like a winking no, no. movie. Um, it takes itself pretty seriously um, for being ultimately this kind of um, homage to these campy things. Uh, and it's, god damn, is it long? Yeah, it's two hours long. It's two solid hours. I kept seeing that because I'm watching it. I'm like, oh, ha, 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 okay. And then I'm just like, how long is this movie? And I keep seeing just two hours. I'm like, that can't be right. There's no way in hell this movie is longer than 90 minutes. But wow, it's two full yeah. hours. And it overstays its welcome. Yeah. And it feels so much longer than two hours. Yeah. I would say the first hour probably feels like two hours. <laughs> because it just really, it just gets in there and and is in takes its time um, right. setting up its kind of homage, scene after scene after scene. Um, and although, you know, it's an homage, but there's also, you know, I think what people are, what's resonating with people is this idea that it's, this commentary you know mm-hmm, it's meant mm-hmm, to be this mm-hmm. kind of you know, parable about the battle of the sexes and about male female relationships and you know and i mean bring a book uh <laughs> not, or, or just read a book instead it's not the emphasis of this podcast guys we're not here to talk about male female relationships um but uh but you know so it's 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 you know this idea that this this woman is uh has been kind of programmed um more or less to do all these insane things to try to give men what they want. Mm-hmm. And it's turned her into this kind of monster. Sex bot. Um, uh, yeah, sex bot. Um, to go around trying to get men to love her and do all things. Like, if you can imagine her being, you know, except for instead of in modern real life, where it'd be just like reading all these insane quizzes in Cosmo or whatever. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, she you know, became a witch and was initiated via, you know, some insane old man basically like climbing on top of her and, and forcing her to um, start, you know, doing things this way to get the men that she wants to stay with her yeah uh so you know so there's 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 the commentaries going on but uh i don't know that it and i appreciate that Mm -hmm, you know i appreciate mm -hmm. what it's going for it just i just didn't really i was like oh not really holding my and so rebecca you watched the first hour of this before you had some technical issues i did Um, what did you make of it i definitely could have used some editing yeah, I feel like the message would have been a little bit stronger um, if it would have been a little bit tighter. Um, it it being uh, an homage means you don't have to do spell everything out, right? <laughs> it's like you've already you already know what the reference material is, right? Um, so it makes it all the more lengthy to go through it. Um, I did. It's 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 called like a modern day witch and th- i feel like there's like a fine line it's like the only thing they couldn't afford was all the old cars because um, it's like in the in the place it's like all everyone's dressed like they're in the 70s mm-hmm. even like the sort of like background characters are dressed in the 70s and um, they do a good shot good job with location you can't tell that it's in, in modern times the only thing that they didn't um 
like retrofit where the car is. So it's like mm-hmm. all these like modern like Hondas and stuff. And so I feel like that was a, like a really weird disconnect where if you would have just cut that thing out, it would have been just straight up a movie from the 70s. Right. Um, I, when I think that would have worked a lot better. This yeah. whole like trying to make a modern, but then at the same time. Have these anachronisms. Yeah. Nothing modern about it. And there's no <clears throat> internet using. There's no phones. Mm-hmm. Um, was kind of inconsistent and, and sort of like ruined a little bit of the magic <laughs> um, for me. But um, yeah, I feel like it's hard to kind of judge the acting because it was done in such a stylized way that mm-hmm. it's hard to say. I mean, the woman, uh, everything looks great. Her yes. makeup looks oh, amazing. Beat for the gods. Yeah, really. Um, it's funny. Um, yeah, at times. At times. There's um, like, you know, it's not like ha ha funny. It's like Funny. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is the biggest laugh you get from this movie. It's just like a good like. <laughs> uh, it got that for me a handful of times. I definitely. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm in the target audience. I'm not into like occult things or mm-hmm. um and or like can't be seventies movies. So I was wondering what you sort of thought of it as someone who's more into that. Um, I I thought it was. Uh, I never would have watched all two hours probably anyway. Um, mm-hmm. if if it were on my own, um, but. I think if, if, you know, we know people who are into this, I think they would enjoy it. I think this is like, couldn't be more up some people's alley. Yeah. Um, but maybe you'd have to like, get high and watch it. Yeah, there could be that, which, which you know, we can now legally do in the state. Right, anybody. Uh, so there's that. Who's still allowed to live in the state. Right. Yeah. And, um, and I just, I don't know. I would like to ask one of those people what they think of it. Uh, because, I mean, I, I, you know, I do you know, kind of appreciate the references that they're, that they're making, but I still don't feel like that makes the movie that much more entertaining to watch. And you can watch it. It's a kind of movie that you would really appreciate with, you know, with your head when you're watching it. And you're mm-hmm, like, I appreciate mm-hmm. what you're doing. Mm-hmm. It's kind of why I kept thinking like, okay, yeah, that's okay. I appreciate this. But you know, it's, a, it's almost more kind of like a, an experiment. It's like, a, it's like a conceptual experiment. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's very, I mean, everything about it is super, super deliberate. And this, this filmmaker, her name is Anna Biller. She mm-hmm. wrote it, she directed it, she produced it. I believe she edited it. I think she like I think made she, the she did, she did the music. Yeah. Um, like she, this, she's, you know, and she really, this is hers. Oh, she did the set design. Yeah. She, well. Yeah. Yeah. Right. This is hers top to bottom. And she made every choice. And I think when you, when you have someone who's making all those shots, you know, calling all those shots in the movie, then it can certainly tip into like indulgent, you know, yeah. self-indulgent she, territory. She, was she also the editor? I, I think she was. and That makes a lot more sense. Yes. So I think that that's the thing about like not having enough different people contributing is that like, you know, it just becomes entirely one person's vision. And um, and sometimes it helps to have other people around to like help you, you know, refine your vision. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, not saying, you know, that she uh, didn't, you know, have people, you know, the creative community around her while she was working on it. Um, but it just feels like she made the movie that she wanted to make, and mm-hmm, maybe mm-hmm. it could have benefited from, as you said, some tightening, a little uh, tightening. some tightening, just some some cutting down. Like the, you know, if it would have been cut by like half an hour, I feel like it would have been um, a lot more successful. It, I mean, it's still, it's still like I again, I appreciate it. Yeah, <laughs> I really, yeah, I really yeah. appreciate what they're doing in this movie. Yeah, um, and you know, it does have, it does also have some like very, very on the nose. It has moments where it kind of like breaks its, 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 its tone. And has like there's scenes in like the burlesque club where mm-hmm. they're t- they have some very matter of fact descriptions of like feminism, um, you know, and like the history of like, you know, the plight of the sexualized woman right, and the right. demonization of sec- of of women's sexuality. Um, so just to sort of like give you this direct kind of little like punch that like okay like here's what we're, what talk- we're talking here's, about here's yeah. what this is all about. Um, based on what you saw, would you describe it as feminist? 
Um, so it, you know, it gotten to the point where, where what she was saying was like, so, uh, anti-feminist that Mm -hmm. like, it was clear there was going to be like a point or twist to it. Um, like she was making these, um, uh, statements about like the need to like satisfy men. Right. Um, so strongly that like I knew something was coming. Um, so I, I didn't, can't say I, I saw enough to see if it delivered through. Um, Mm -hmm. but the setup seemed like it was going that way. Right. Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, it's, it's there, uh, that is, that is ultimately kind of the direction they're taking it in. But, uh, you know, but, but again, it just feels like ultimately it's this kind of very, very high concept movie about something that's very kind of not so high concept, which is just like male, female relationships, battle mm-hmm. sexes, things like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I don't know. It just, I just, it should have, and also it should have been fun. Yeah, yeah, like they're yeah. like, how is this movie not fun? Yeah, it's it's mind blowing. Yeah, it's weird. It should be such a fun movie to watch. It's sad. It's sad that it's not more fun. What are you going to give this one? Uh, I'm going to do consume moderation. Yeah. Um you know, and I, I kind of part of me wants to give it a second day in court. Um, you know, and mm-hmm. and and see if I appreciate it more watching the second time because I feel like. Watching the first time, it's such an unusual... Like, yeah. okay, first of all, you're not seeing any actors that you have any idea who they are. Um, and, you know, and you're kind of... It's a whole new world. The, the pacing of it all, mm-hmm. um, everything about it is so... Like, you're trying to... You, there's an adjustment period when you start watching this movie where you're like, what is this? Right, you know? right. And, uh, and so I feel like if I watch it a second time, knowing from the get-go what it was aiming for and what I was, you know, going to be watching, that maybe I would get more out of it yeah uh, but this time i spent so much place. of it just being like so wait now what is it now what are we even doing here what is this <laughs> uh very puzzled would you uh based on what you saw of it yeah you know it's unfair because i haven't seen the whole thing um you know again there are a lot of people who love sort of this stuff and i'm like you know you know you see me and you're like oh i know this movie's gonna be great for you even if it's not like the best movie has so many of these elements that you really enjoy mm-hmm. there are definitely people that must see this um, for everybody else, I would say consume, maybe consume minus. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's again, it's not super fair because I haven't seen the whole thing. Fair. Um, it's unrated, but it comes out this weekend. It does. And it would get an R uh, yeah, for yeah. lots of nudity. Yeah. Full frontal. Yes. Male and female. Yes. Uh, but not uh, not not so much sex. Um, well, that is it. Thank you so much. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back next week with some more movies and... Um, uh, if you want to chat about anything, um, we're, <laughs> we're on here. Twitter. Um, I'm at Fight Balance. Um, Jason? Uh, I am at Excess Faggage. And that's going <laughs> to come to bite you in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I never said it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if you love the show, uh, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, thank you very much. Bye. Bye-bye. Binging on movies with Rebecca and Jason. You made it to the end, that's amazing. There, there goes, goes the, the binge. binge.